Welcome everybody to an exclusive edition of The Sheriff. Guys, today we are celebrating a true legend. He is one of the biggest pioneers in hockey history. Ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesday, Herb Carnegie was inducted into the Hall of Fame it was finally. A, it, it was actually Monday. On Monday, Monday. Herb Carnegie <laughs> was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Thank you, Rain you're Carnegie. Very, you're, you're very welcome. We are so excited here, guys, that I got to take a moment of celebration right now. So we're talking about one of the best players to never play in the NHL. This show is going to be about education, recognition, and of course, celebration. Tonight we're going to celebrate how Dr. Carnegie embraced his journey, what it means to players like me and Rain who came after him, and what we can learn from this important part of history. Now, Herb Carnegie was inducted in the builder category. But I did a little bit of research today, and before I introduce my guests, we're really gonna get into what this man did in his playing career, because I believe he could have been inducted as a player, not a builder, but we're happy with the induction through and through. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all over the world, I would like to introduce my two guests today. Now, hailing from Yorkville, Ontario, she has been the co-founder of the Herb Carnegie Initiative, as well as all of the foundations. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, for 30 years, she was linked to Herb Carnegie just like this. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Bernice Carnegie, how are you doing today? I'm fabulous. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. And you know what? <laughs> Introducing to you second, he is one of my favorite characters of all time. This man played with my younger brother all the way up and he's impressed me so much the man that he's turned into. Playing four, over four years professionally in Europe, over two years in the United States, Rain Carnegie was probably one of the best defensemen slash forwards that I ever saw growing up. And I just gave it away. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Rain Carnegie, how are you doing today? <laughs> With an, with an introduction like that, pretty good. Pretty good with an introduction like that. Well, Not thank you very. Lie. Well, thank you very much. And guys, like, don't mind me. I'm a little bit excited, but I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. On Monday, when your grandfather was inducted, I got a little emotional. Like I was very emotional. Like I'll admit it. I was at work and I cried a little bit, because what it means to me is so important. When I grew up, there was a lot of times where I didn't feel comfortable in the arena. Uh, a lot of people, or nobody looked like me in the arena, and now we're making changes to be able to make it be different for people after us. Mr. Herb Carnegie, one of the best players to never play in the NHL, he did even more after he was done playing, which we're gonna get into. But as, as a young man, well, I'm, I'm old now, I was a young man playing hockey, that this is some of the most important things that could happen right now. So I want to recognize that over everything else. And I got to give, this is a clap just for, this, for my thoughts towards it. All right, so we're, we're going to get into things right away. So now, Bernice, I'm sick and tired of hearing myself talk, okay? So I got to hear, I, I got to hear from the co-founder first. Now, what did it mean to you for, for Herb to be inducted on Monday? 
know what? Initially, I thought I wasn't going to have a reaction. It's been so long in coming. And I kind of was sitting by the sidelines watching everybody else um, kind of work on it. And then Rain came to me about a year ago and said, I really want this to happen, Aunt Bernice. And I said, okay, go for it. But when it actually happened, and I was talking with Lanny McDonald, I said to him, I feel like I, I, feel like I want to cry. And he said, well, you actually are crying. <laughs> <laughs> he could hear it in my voice. And uh, my, my Carnegie Initiative team, we were supposed to be having a Zoom meeting. My first Zoom meeting. Yes, the yeah, we were supposed to be having a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and um, so I, I kind of put them on while I'm talking with Lanny. And they're all, they all knew. And they were smiling and crying. And, you know, <laughs> oh, well, we got into this at the same time. It was so emotional. Yes, of course. And then I got off the phone and I'm talking to Rain. And I started jumping up and down like I was a kid in a candy store. <laughs> so I went from crying to <sighs> such an elation. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is amazing because there were thousands of people who wanted to see it happen. I would say more than thousands. Tens of thousands, let's put it there. Yes. Yeah. And finally, the record is there now. The history is there. My father has a lot of history in many areas, but this one allows people to know that he really was a forerunner and a trailblazer in his field. Yeah, I would use, I like that trailblazer word. I use pioneer, trailblazer's where it's at. Yes. He stepped out of the box. He did something that black men didn't usually do at the time. Yep. <laughs> didn't usually do I, I think that he did something that no other black men were really doing. Well, there were two, and there were two others with him. This is true. This is My true. My uncle Ozzie Carnegie and Manny McIntyre. The three of them clearly were trailblazers. Yes. My father, they say, had a little bit more talent. <laughs> but um, what they did was clearly uh, stepping out of the box. Yes, for sure. Now, I want to add a little bit to this because there's a little bit more to the story, which you touched on, on a little bit. So now, this gentleman right here, I want to hear about the time is now. I want to hear about this promotion because this is really what I believe what got your grandfather into the Hall of Fame is this push because it didn't look like they were going to do it before there's a lot of things that it looked like they're not going to do but this they did so, so yes please yeah I, 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 I think that the time is now because the time was now and I think that what we can't you know turn a blind eye to is the work that was done prior to this movement that we've had since the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor, uh, yep. and where it's now, you know, not cool to be ignorant, to be ignorant, and to be you can't just be 
uh, a non-racist. You have to. You, you can't just be like, I don't like when bad things happen, but you don't have any action behind your words. You yes. have to be. You have to do something more. So I think that you know when I when I created the petition and when I went to my aunt and said, listen, like this is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, the timing sometimes works in a, in a mysterious way. And I think that uh, my good fortune was that I put something out there at the right time and that there, because of the work that my aunt, my cousins, my family, our supporters and our friends have done for the last number of decades. Yes. Um, when I put that petition together, 10,500 people had already known of the history of my grandfather because of the work that my aunt has done, because of the work our family has done, because of the work that our supporters through the Future Aces Foundation that my aunt and my, my grandparents co-founded. Um, and that's what gave us some life, some, yeah. some wind behind our sails. Oh, but yeah. uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that we had to do to uh, be thankful for, to be in this position, to get the recognition that my grandfather finally deserves. Yes. Now, here's a little cool story that I, I want you guys to talk about. So now, the day that you guys found out, when you first saw it, you weren't really sure. I know you weren't sure. You saw it in your social... It was, I don't know if it was a Google so, feed. So I, I, uh, I was running around. I, I had just gotten the call up to the big leagues, my first ever Zoom meeting with the Carnegie Initiative. So wow. I was running around shaving. What shirt am I going to wear? What hat with this? And then I look at my phone, and it's 3.10, and I knew that the uh, I knew that we had... Uh, 3.10 in the afternoon. 3.10 in the afternoon on the Monday. And I knew, I saw on TSN that they were hosting the Hockey Hall of Fame. They're going to put out who was inducted. But I didn't register, because I was so excited for the Carnegie Initiative and the Zoom meeting. And then okay. I, looked at, I looked at my phone, and I had a text message, and it was from a, a friend of mine. And he's just like, you're going to need a new suit. I'm like, going to need a wow. new suit. And then I open it up, and I'm just like... Immediately, I call my aunt Bernice. Yes, she's not answering. Bernice, I, I now I now have 15 minutes before I have to go on this 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 Zoom meeting. She's not answering, and I finally get her on the phone, and she goes, "Is it true?" She's asking me, and I'm like, "I don't know. Is it true?" She's like, "I don't know. My friend told me," and and then all of a sudden we're on the phone, and she's like, "I think I have a message," and then we're on the Zoom together, and she and then we get on the Zoom. Now she's talking to Lanny McDonald and Mike Gartner and. We're all on this, and it was just, it was the craziest, most surreal thing, and, and, and it really was a surprise to our family. We had no idea leading up to the announcement that Grandpa was going to be one of the people that were selected to be enshrined right next door. So it's, it, pretty, it's pretty cool. Has it sunk in yet? I, I, I'm still waiting for somebody to pinch me, and, I'm, I, and I just want November, I want November to come because I feel like it's not real because this has been, we've, we've, we've tried for a number of there's, yes. been, there's been prior to this push, there's been a few others that have fallen on deaf ears. Yes. So I just want November to come. Yep. And then once it's done and I see that plaque in the Hockey Hall of Fame, then it will really sink in. Until then, it doesn't feel real, but we're, we're, we're optimistic. Yes. I'm optimistic. But, uh, it's like a couple days before Christmas. It ain't Christmas yet. But it's, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. Okay, so exactly. now, now let, let me ask you this. So November, that's going to be the official inductions? That's how they do it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so we expect the whole world to be in that building right over there. Yes, sir. Because we are beside the Hockey Hall of Fame at bottom line. Come and enjoy the wings and have a great time here. So now listen, I, I, I want to I kind of add to, the, to it a little bit. So now, what do you think Herb would say? What do you think Herb would say? What would be like, what would be his reaction? 
like to the media, to the world. Like I know it'd be different to the family, but what, how would he like represent himself in accepting this? Oh. It's a hard my, question. My father was a very humble and quiet man. And um, I brought him a lot of good news over the years. And uh, you may not know, but he was blind the last 25 years of his life. And so whenever I'd bring him, you know, Dad, you just, you just won the Order of Canada, or you, <laughs> you just received the uh, Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal, or whatever it may have been, he would have this little wry smile on his face, and his eyes would twinkle. He was blind, but his eyes would just twinkle and light up every time I told him something. And I don't think he would be acting any differently now. I think that if I brought him this news, he would give me that smile, and he'd have that twinkle in his eye. And, and he'd kind of just take a deep breath and be who he was. That man who, who accepted um, the good, the bad, and the ugly in his life. Yep. But he, he found a way to push on, and, and he was always happy for anybody else who achieved. Selfless. Yes. That's what he was. So when yeah. I was actually at the um, induction for Willie O'Ree, yep. I was sitting in that seat, and I really felt like I was sitting in the seat for my father. That's amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate I you sharing I was sitting that. in the seat for my father and just, you know, cheering Willie on. That's what he would have done. I really appreciate you sharing that, Bernice. That's amazing. But let me add to it a little bit. So you said a twinkle in the eye and a smile. So there must have been a lot of twinkling. So I got a little list, I got a little list here. Carnegie was named to the Order of Ontario in 1996 and the Order of Canada in 2003. On May 2nd, 2005, the North York Centennial Center was renamed the Herbert H. Carnegie Centennial Center in honor of him. On June 12, 2006, he received the honorary Dr. Laws degree from York University, hence the Dr. Carnegie, correct? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. And one other thing, Bernice, I'm not finished yet. A public school in York region is named in your father's honor as well. Yes. That's amazing. So there was a lot of twinkling going on, Bernice. A lot of smiling, right? And did you know he was also um, honorary chief of police for York Region? And they have a community room named in his honor as well? Bernice, I'm not done yet. So he also received the Queen Silver Jubilee in 77, the Ontario Medal of Good Citizenship in 88, the Metropolitan Toronto Canada Day Medal in 90, the 125th anniversary of the Confederation of Canada in 1992, the Queen's Golden Jubilee Medal in 2002, and the Queen Diamond Jubilee Medal in 2012, 10 years later. Like, lots of twinkling, lots of smiling, it just kept going his whole life. Did you know that Herb Carnegie is a real-life comic book character in two special issues of Spider-Man? I do know that, Bernice, and I'm very happy that you brought that up. That, that is unbelievable, unbelievable. But speaking of unbelievable, 
I want to get into, as I mentioned before, I believe this man could have been inducted as a player, okay? So now, first of all, this guy goes over to Quebec. Can you explain how that happened? Like, I know you ended up in Quebec as well, but how did Herb end up doing junior in Quebec? And then, of course, we all know how he ended up with the Aces, which is in La Capitale, Quebec City. But what about the junior? Do you remember how... Because there was an OHL, there was an Ontario League as well, right? So do you remember that part of it? Well, I wouldn't remember that because I wasn't born. <laughs> you know what? That makes complete sense. Do you remember the reason why he went to Quebec? Well, he... From went, what you've been told. Of course, he went there because it was a better opportunity. Okay, yeah, and that's they, the they way... Were, they were upping the ante a little bit, and, and uh, so, and, yeah. And, and, and also back then... Quebec is where all the top hockey was. You have, to remember, yes. you have to remember when my grandfather was playing hockey, there were only six teams in the NHL. That's right. Right? So there, there wasn't as, uh, it was, although it was Canada's sport, even though lacrosse is our national sport, um, it wasn't like hockey today. Where, okay. where you have the Ontario Hockey League, you have the, the Ontario Provincial Junior Hockey League. Yeah. If you were any good back then, Quebec is where you wanted to go because that would get you noticed to play for the Canadians or the Leafs or that 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 was the AHL. Quebec yeah. was the AHL to of that time. Of that time. So that's 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 one of the reasons why he probably went there because he was good at hockey. So yes. he wanted to follow all the other good hockey players. And and speaking of good at hockey, this guy's numbers, this guy, Dr. Herb Carnegie has the very similar numbers that Sidney Crosby had in the Quebec League. This guy had almost 130 points in 55 games. So you would think that he might get drafted, being the top player in the league. He might get a couple offers. Unfortunately, it really wasn't like that. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Because 130 points in 55 games usually equals a lot of results. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the title of my, my aunt and my grandfather's book is A Fly in a Pail of Milk. Yes. So, you know, it was difficult in the 40s to penetrate the hockey world uh, because it was hard for anybody in that time. I mean, there's still segregation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's it, it, it needed somebody to, 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 to stand in the sun for my grandfather to, to get that opportunity. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen. But what did happen for him was he, he, he developed a lot of great relationships while he finished off his career. And, and the, 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 the life lessons that he learned, having dealt with that adversity and, and, and being one of the top players year over year over year and not getting the recognition and not getting the opportunity. You know, a lot of people, you know, I know I certainly would have hanged up my skates and said, screw this. Yeah. You know, it takes a, it takes a special person to, and, and, and also, you know, it's not lost on me, and I thought about this over the last week or so. My grandfather dominated in hockey in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, and it was a, it was a predominantly only white man sport. Then when he was done playing hockey, my grandfather went to golf. Which is another I predominantly can't, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> predominantly white man sport and dominated there as well. Multiple and championships. Multiple championships. And and I and I think that 
it can't be lost on the way that he conducted himself that gave that it's not it's not like anybody can walk into a clubhouse or walk into a hockey arena and get opportunity so the way that my grandfather conducted himself and allowed himself to be a part of these clubs that normally excluded people that look like him yep. says a lot about the man that he was and why we're honoring him today yep. and, and why he's been I believe selected to be inducted into the Hall of Fame is yes. you know it's just it's just so 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 cool. And so, I think so that cool. deserves another round of applause. It's incredible. Okay, so we're talking about dominance, guys. Herb Carnegie was the MVP of the league, which was the AHL at the time, three out of five seasons. Most valuable player. Okay? Including three in a row for the hat trick. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. Three, three years in a row. Natural three, hat trick. Three years okay. in a row, yeah. Okay, so three years in a row, the man was most valuable player. Now, I'm looking at the stats. I'm seeing the guys getting a point per game every season. I'm sure he was a true leader. I'm sure that everybody on his team absolutely loved him. Would you agree? I would agree. All right. <laughs> he, he tells me. He told me. He told, that he told me that he really enjoyed the other players, and and they had a really great respect for him. Now, has he ever? Thank you. Has he ever told you any stories about the great Jean Beliveau that he played with, or being coached by Punch Imlac? Like, yes, absolutely. Tell me one story. Okay. So let me tell you one story about Punch. My father was actually a very family-oriented man. And while he was playing with Punch, he went A-W-O-L. They were playing in Ottawa, which was closer to North York, where our home was. And my father wanted to see his family. So he didn't want to ask Punch. And he didn't want Punch to say no. So he just... Left. <laughs> Sometimes an Irish goodbye. Yeah, he just left. It's an Irish and, goodbye. And Punch uh, chewed him out. Definitely chewed him out, but he took him back. Well, of course he did. Huh. He wants to win hockey games. So <laughs> Right? Yeah. So now um, Jean Beliveau. Well, Jean Beliveau was younger than my father, but Jean Beliveau actually told my dad that he was his hero and that he was trying to emulate him. So when Jean Beliveau actually ended up playing on the same team, he wasn't performing well at first. And my father went to, uh, went to the coach and said like, why, what's going on? So apparently Jean Beliveau was such a gentleman, he didn't want to show up some of the older players. Really? So he, he kind of was playing things down. So my father went to him and said, get the lead out, we're playing for the team, and get on with it. So he fired him right up. He fired him <laughs> right, him right up. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be trying to protect me or any of the other players. You just get on there and do what you're supposed to do. And after that, apparently he took off and, you know, he went for it. So, you know what? It's credit to both of those men. And actually, they stayed friends for, the, for their lifetime. Yes. They would call each other a couple of times a year and talk to each other and, you know, say hi and whatnot. Yeah. But I just sent a photo off to, uh, to a reporter today 
of Dad and Jean Beliveau at a Cub Scout uh, uh, meeting. Yeah. And there they were. They used to do their PR, PR thing back then. And there they are surrounded by all these little Cub Scouts. Uh, the older the older player and the younger player. Because they were 10 years difference in age. That's amazing. So now we're going to get into the post-career, which I think is even more action-packed than the playing career. Okay? But before we do that, I'm a big believer of history. I'm a big supporter of history. I love it. Now, what I've learned since having a platform is that awareness leads to action, which leads to change. Okay? Like you mentioned, we're in a day of age of, of a lot of change. Okay? One thing that we're learning is that we're in Toronto. There's a big university called Ryerson University. They're changing that university's name. We have a big time street called Dundas. It's being changed. Times are changing. Back in the day, the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Con Smythe, he made a couple comments that I just wanted you guys to, to comment on. You know, he was saying that if, if, you're, if your father was white, that he would definitely be on the Toronto Maple Leafs or could make the Toronto Maple Leafs. He also made an offer of $10,000 to anybody that might be able to turn your father white so that he could play on the team. You guys have heard this before. You've been asked about it before. I know that the audience and, and viewers have probably never heard this. Awareness leads to action. So what, what, what's the comments on that, like part of this history, which is part of the journey of your father? I know everybody says it's alleged comment, but it's a, it's a comment that just isn't off the cuff. Uh, my father believed it to be true. He didn't hear him say it, but he believed it to be true. And so um, what, I, what I believe is that Con Smythe was admitting that my father was good enough. Okay, makes he, sense. The only thing is, at the time, it was hard for people to step out of the box yep. and, and do the right thing. Uh, that, was, that was really stepping out of the box at the time, and uh, they chose not to do it. But Con Smythe wasn't the only one. None of the managers at the time That's... had the balls to actually, you know, give him the opportunity. Yes. Now, wouldn't he look cool in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform? That would have been really cool, wouldn't it? Well, he did receive an official uh, jersey in 2001 when they renamed the uh, the Centennial Center, the, the Arena Centennial Center, to the Herbert H. Carnegie Centennial Center. And Ken Dryden presented my father <laughs> with his jersey with his name on the back. Number and seven. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. That must have been a special time. Well, I, you know what? It was really meaningful for Dad. Oh, yeah. It was meaningful for everybody that was there. That's fantastic. I, and you know what? I really appreciate those little stories because those are the best ones. <laughs> those are the best personable stories. And trust me, I really appreciate that. All right. So we're through that now. Thank you for your honesty and your answers. So now, after retiring from the game in 1955... Carnegie started Future Aces Hockey School. He retired in, in 1954. And started the hockey school in 1954. After retiring in 1954, <laughs> Mr. Herb Carnegie started Future Aces in 1955. Yes, right. Okay, 
Hockey school. Now, they say that this was one of the first hockey schools in Canada, right? Yes. I believe it may have been the first, but history, history will tell that over time. Regardless, it is absolutely amazing, and it is incredible. So now, the future Aces Creed, I would really like to get into, because as I was mentioning before the recording, to me, that seems to be the most important thing. So let me make sure that these lines are right. So the future Aces Creed, he wrote it in 1956. Yep. I got it. Yep. Okay. In, a, in an attempt to foster tolerance, diversity, and sportsmanship among young people would be a great way to explain that, right? It would be. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so now you being the right-hand woman for 30 years, okay, what was it like in the beginning when all these things were started? Now, I'm not talking about 1955 and 1956. I'm talking about once you were involved because I keep forgetting the age difference between you and your father. And I'm asking you questions about before you were born. But when you started to get involved, like what was that like for you? Like being you know, so close to your dad, that must have been cool to, just for the bonding. Well, just for your information, I actually was involved in the hockey school. I used to, uh, when they had their, um, their uh, end, of the, end of the year, event the big parties yeah the big party my father would roll up we would roll up the creed and we put a little bow on it and i used to do all that for him <laughs> and uh help him hand hand those out and i still have one i've saved one from those early days i actually still have the creed rolled up with it with a tie that i did uh in my in my little collection of treasures but um yeah I actually really got involved with Future Aces when I was about 35, 36 years old. Um, so I about five years ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm being serious. So how long ago was that? Uh, <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought we were about 40. Well, no? you know what? I'm happy to tell you I'm an elder. I'm going on 77. Whoa! And I'm really happy about hey, it. Hey, hey, hey! Woo! 77. And I haven't, you know what, I'm doing what my father did. Yes. He did not stop in his life, even when he was blind, he kept going on. But when did I get involved with Future Aces with a real passion? It was after my marriage ended and I needed to find a way to support my children. And my father suggested that I become a financial advisor like he was. And in the end it became our, our tables were, our desks were Carnegie and Carnegie. He was the first black financial advisor that Investors Group had ever hired. Really? And 23 years in a row, he reached millionaire status, a benchmark, a, a production benchmark in their company that no one else had done before. Whoa, I, I'm blown away. I can't get over this. Like, they give out awards in his name every year. Last year, they gave out five awards in his name to honor his work as a, uh, as a career in, in finances and for what he did in the community. So I ended up working with him, and I was the only female 
consultant in that office for three years. Wow. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, Bernice, I, 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 like you told me a lot of things before the recording that I didn't know. For the viewers and audience, can you say the website that we were talking about? The website for everything that's going on that, that gives all that information, juicy stuff? I have this wonderful family website because my father isn't the only one that uh, is, has made marks in our community. So the website is berniececarnegie.com. Berniececarnegie.com? Yeah. Or herbcarnegie.com, and you'll get to herbcarnegie.com. Yeah, yeah, you can do it either way, and you will find all the wonderful stories of our family on that website, and many pictures of our family and my father and all his achievements. It's amazing. <laughs> so okay, so I, I just got to pause for one second because you guys are a very big deal. We have a crowd outside that would like you to wave to them. Can you just give them a little wave, like? These guys are big fans. They've been standing out there the whole show. All they want is a little recognition here at Bottom Line, 22 Front Street. It's incredible. Okay, so thank you for doing that. I'm sure they appreciate it. So now, guys, just, just to wrap things up, like, is there any last things that you want to say? Anything that you forgot to say during this show? I'm so hyper because I'm so excited that Herb finally got inducted. I mean, the time really is now. Literally. It happened. <laughs> It happened, right? <laughs> right? It's very emotional. It's very cool. Is there any, anything left to say? Well, you know what? If you really want to be inspired, you should read my father's book, A Fly in a Pail of Milk. A the Fly Herb in a pile, Pail, a pail of, of milk. milk. The Herb Carnegie story. And the new version has a part two, Lessons uh -oh. Passed On from Father to Daughter, written by me. Whoa! Because I couldn't help but want to actually share how my father influenced my life and thousands of other people. Thousands of other people. Oh, yeah. It just, it just kind of takes you down a path that will actually help you understand what it was like. But it will also help you understand how amazing he was to navigate through all the stuff and then end up having all of those awards in his life. I, I, you, you I get, couldn't even name them all. I almost lost my voice. In his own voice. It was a, I think he gave me a gift. He gave our family a gift when he, when he gave us that book because it gave us insight in who he was. And I couldn't be prouder to be his daughter and I couldn't be prouder to yeah. be sitting beside my nephew. Very emotional stuff. Oh, who, man. Crazy. Who, it's crazy. Who is now working on emulating his grandfather. And my aunt. Yeah. Following in their footsteps. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's say this again. What's going on here? I'm, 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 I'm just trying to spread the good word yes. like my aunt. Following their footsteps. Following their footsteps and, and try to be the change that I want to see in this world and be a good role model for all the people that I come into contact with. And that's really... And January 2023, the Carnegie Initiative is having their summit here in Toronto. Woo! We're getting all of the major hockey people in one room. And really? We had our, our first summit in Boston in January 2022. And you know what? Gary Bettman. 
came by. Gary Bettman came by. He, okay. He not only came right by, on. he stayed. He actually stayed. <laughs> he stayed. He that stayed. might have been the coolest thing he's done in 20 years. He, he's, he's, oh, yes. oh, yeah. He stayed. That was the coolest thing he's because done. Because he, he knows what we're trying to do. Yeah. He knows that we're trying to make hockey, the hockey world, a little better than when we came into it. And that's all my father wanted to do, is just make people's lives a little better than when he came into it. Well, that's, that's absolutely excellent. The one thing I could comment on that is I hope Gary Bettman embraces it because it's such an important thing. As a former player, I love seeing it. I think every single player is in support of it, and some. So if, if Gary can, can, can look at that, I think he's doing an incredible job with the NHL, and this would be a great addition, incredible addition, for him to bring all this into it, get everyone fired up, make everyone happy. That's the way it is. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so I appreciate you guys coming. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm a very emotional, passionate guy, so this topic... I, I get a little silly with because I'm very emotional about it. I'm very happy for your family. And I, and I wish that everybody can spread the word about Herb, that they see the website, they read the books, so on and so forth. We're going to sign off now. I wish I had about an hour for this show. I'm going to have to bring you guys back to talk more <laughs> Herb Carnegie. And we're going to sign off now, guys. Woo!